0: Is there support in the community for homeless veterans? In today's story, one local Phoenix organization highlights their efforts to improve the lives of this growing population. Stay tuned. Welcome to Stories of Hope, I'm Christine Hotchkiss. Each week I bring you stories that inspire, educate, and give you hope. I wanna thank my sponsor and podcast producer, The Motivated Mind Group. The homeless population in the U.S. spans every age, race, background, and many of them are veterans. These people need food, shelter, clothing, and in many cities, there are limited resources available to help them. My guests today are from the Tanner Community Development Corporation, a Phoenix nonprofit aiming to improve the lives of those less fortunate. Welcome, Kerwin.
1: Well, thank you for having us.
0: Absolutely. Tell me a little bit more about the Tanner Community. Development Corporation, also known as TCDC. Yes,
1: and we, we're known as TCDC because Tanner Community Development Corporation can be a mouthful sometimes. It is. But TCDC is a uh, uh, we were as I, I like to say, birthed by by our church, uh, Tanner Chapel A.M.E., which is um, the 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 oldest African American congregation in uh, Arizona even though we're not exclusively African-American. And in the year 2001, our pastor decided that we needed um, to include more outreach into the community. So TCDC was, uh, was was formed as a separate nonprofit doing outreach into the community for health and wellness uh, issues for youth, for families, for uh, for seniors
0: families as a a focus. Oh, definitely.
1: Yes. Well, community especially. And with a focus of the of the African-American community, but uh, uh, inclusive of anyone who's in need that uh, that we feel like we can help. uh, We we make sure that uh, it's all inclusive.
0: I was going to ask what the mission statement is, but I don't think there's a mission statement because you sent me a lot of information. Mm -hmm. I'm just going to say, what is your mission?
1: Well, the mission—the mission really is just to try to to help uh, people have a better life. Uh, that's that's in a nutshell all of what what we do, and along with uh, the um, what I consider kind of our social services arm, our outreach arm uh, to help the community. We also have a development arm. Uh, we are currently uh, about to launch a, a project that we've been working on for for quite some time. Uh, developing a community of casita-style of, um, um, small homes for homeless veterans, or I'll say previously homeless veterans, because once once they get there, they're no longer homeless.
0: Correct, correct. Um, is this anything related to your program of the tiny homes?
1: Yeah, yeah you know, <laughs> good question, because <laughs> I stopped saying tiny homes Okay. because so many people had different perspectives. Uh, uh, perspectives of what a tiny home was, mm-hmm. uh, and I wanted to to be be more precise on exactly what these are going to be: um, some 400 square feet, some 600 square feet, individual units. But they are are not like you see sometimes on TV, where you have these homes rolling down the street. These are are permanent structures, and uh, it is it is not transitional housing. This is permanent housing. And uh, you know, part of the, the, the main piece of this community is there'll be a resource center on site for uh, any of the, the services that, that the, the tenants will, will, will need, whether it be job training, whether it be help navigating their, their health care through the Veterans Administration, um, all of the different uh, needs that uh, the 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 people that that will be living there in this community, they can be helped through this resource center that will be on site.
0: So you're not you're saying it's not transitional, so this is permanent. So the veterans come in there. This is now their home where they this stay. This
1: is now their home. Oh wow! And a lot of the some of the research that we did, um, you know, showed us that veterans do better when they have their own mm-hmm. to take care of. Good. So if you put them in a a big apartment complex. Um, you know, it's 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 one thing, but if they have their own unit that they can can take care of on their own, they uh, they they thrive. They do a lot better than um, than uh, being put in where there's you know where you have to share share several walls with with different people.
0: Well, and from what I understand, veterans they have a different. Their mind has been changed the things that they've been through and the me too factor it absolutely is going to be a comfort to them we had a gentleman on here not too long ago and what he spoke about i can understand why you're saying what you're saying and now i understand how this is put together
1: yeah and this is this community is is going to be truly a community there'll be a um a community garden aspect Hmm. as part of this uh we'll have a dog run that will be part of this so that those because a lot of the veterans that are 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 currently out on the street or, or homeless they would refuse to come in uh if you think if they can't bring their pets with them understood so we wanted to make sure that we accommodated that as well
0: how has that impacted the community
1: well uh, homelessness in general has impacted the community um you know it's in once, once again, you know, when people don't have somewhere to lay their head, uh, it creates um, um, all kind of other, other problems. And the fact that a large percentage of the, the homeless population are veterans, and these are people that, um, that actually dedicated uh, their lives to, to keep us safe, that's, that's something that I think is just, it's, it's, it's not something that anybody should look to, um, to, uh, to accept. So um, the community I think is aware, uh, very very much aware that homelessness in general is a problem. Mm-hmm. And the fact that a great deal of, of the homeless population is made up of veterans, it's something that uh, everyone wants, wants there to be a solution to. We're just trying to do our part uh, to to try to help, uh, you know, in in any way we can uh, to, uh, to to lessen the uh, the um, the amount of, of of homeless veterans that are out there because it does affect the the community because these people are part of the community.
0: Absolutely, you
1: know, they come from the community. I mean, I talk to people who. Who um, have told me that you know their their brothers or their sons or whatever they know that they're out there on the street somewhere, you know. So imagine the the um, the anxiety that that creates for that person, you know, not knowing where they are or how they're doing. I mean it's 115 degrees for god's sake and
0: some people wouldn't believe that's the true degree but it is truly (laughs) the temperature here in arizona right now
1: (laughs) and 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 there are people that are living out on the street in that heat in that heat um you know we have i mean we have homeless homeless people that uh try to take refuge in in our stairwells occasionally and in our office building um and it, it just there's there's it's the effect of the community just goes uh, goes very deep uh, and very wide. And so we want to do whatever we can to to correct it
0: Now, I don't know the number of veterans that are homeless. And I've actually sat down with a couple of other organizations that also serve the veterans, homeless hmm. in particular because there is such a need. That's why I asked why what kind of impact it was in the community for you. Sure. How many um, veterans were you be able to? Well, house.
1: Yeah, there will there will be thirty seven uh, individual units that will, will house the veterans in this particular community.
2: Okay.
1: However, we are already planning for our phase two, oh. <laughs> <laughs> and looking for other properties to do um, similar um, uh, programs for for veterans or or for other homeless populations. Uh, even you know, I, I was on a panel not too long ago talking about the missing middle.
0: The missing middle. Uh, the M-I-D-D-L-A. missing middle.
1: When you talk about oh. about housing, the oh. housing shortage in this in this town, uh, there are folks that uh, have regular jobs that normally would be the middle class, that can't afford to live in the areas where they work. Right. Uh, this is the considered the missing middle, mm-hmm. and the different. And we talked about the various things that possibly we need to do to even correct that because if everybody ends up uh, finding a house or an apartment that they can afford way away from, from where they work, well, that means now you're tying up the freeways coming in and out. You know, it just creates more and more problems. Mm-hmm. So um, that's, that's another issue that we're hoping that we may be able to, to do something about is, is having not only um, uh, housing for homelessness, to, to to correct homelessness but also to help just the housing shortage um, in um, in the greater phoenix area
0: thank you and thank you for wanting to find a home for the homeless veterans not that everyone else we talked about this everyone deserves to have a place called home but our veterans are the ones that seem to to lose out from what i've seen when they've come back and sacrificed so much exactly and that included their families or their mental state of mind
1: mm-hmm. We're working with the the Veterans Administration, um, you know, the, so that you kind of have to qualify uh, through their their VASH uh, program mm-hmm. to actually qualify to be uh, a tenant in this community. <laughs> but um, some of those veterans, I'm sure, will will have had uh, some some challenges. Um, but uh that's that's, that's what we want to do. We want to make sure that we help the people that need the help.
0: You know what, Carwin? everyone deserves a place to call home
1: without without a place to call home uh, there was a research done by um, the Morrison Institute and the um, uh, town hall that uh, stated that homelessness if you give somewhere a place to call home it mitigates in uh, a lot of times a lot of the other issues that come up mm-hmm. the the drug abuse the uh, mental, um, uh, 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 challenges that people have if they just have somewhere to call home to lay their head.
0: I think we feel secure when we think we have something that we can call home. Absolutely. Whatever that is, tiny home, casita, a tent. <laughs>
2: yeah.
0: And Clyde, you're a part of the I think the coordinating of the programs?
2: I'm the uh, I'm the coalition coordinator for the HEAL coalition, which stands for Helping Rich African American Lives.
0: Okay, tell me more about what that is.
2: Well, what it is, we're a part of Tanner Community Development Corporation, and what we do is basically tackle substance misuse and abuse among youth ages 12 through 17 in the African-American community. So we reach out and we help and provide them and educate them on the dangers of using various substances, alcohol, marijuana, prescription drugs, fentanyl counterfeit pills, meth, and we also do and touch upon suicide also among our youth. And what we do is also not only teach them and their parents and their families, but we also give them the skills to go out and do peer-to-peer presentations on the same subject matters. And then of course when you take one part of TCDC or, or when Hill gets in the door we bring everything else in with us, all our other programs, because a lot of times the family needs more than just one resource to help them. Yeah. So we put ourselves in that position so that once we step in that door, everybody else coming in with us. Yeah.
0: The whole mm-hmm. family, the yes. friends, the, the coalition. Yeah. And as far as the programs go for the youth, you said the ages of 12 to 17.
2: Yes. However, we have found over the years that even the young people, the the five to eight, Mm -hmm. 10-year-olds want to get involved. And we've patterned ourselves after some other organizations around the state. That way, when they do their peer-to-peer education, they go into the elementary schools. And then that also serves as a mechanism to recruit future members. So we work with young people, no matter the age, and we also work with those people that are high school graduates maybe in college. One of the key things and why it's so important to have collaborations and partnership if we don't do it we generally know who does do it. Mm -hmm. and So we can refer people to the other organizations that provide the services that meet their needs. Well I
0: was going to mention it goes with the veterans thing it's a me too with the space in the home. For you it's about getting the younger ones involved to keep them from having to be seen as As the, the, yeah. yeah. So they can Mm. help one another and they can learn as well. So it's another me too factor. Yes. That's a great collaboration. So this is gonna be a little topic that people are like, so marijuana is legal, yay. How has that affected your program? The
2: thing that is, that was something that we were very aware of Mm -hmm. and and studied, worked with groups, followed what goes on in Denver and other places that were in the early stages of legalizing marijuana. And the approach that we use is not so much the fact that it's legal, but that the fact that it is still dangerous mm-hmm. uh, for some of us that are kind of relatively a younger, older age. We
0: mm-hmm. <laughs> should remember. We're in an age group that you're yeah. talking about. Right. Yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> so there. We should remember the commercial. With, this is not your father's old moon bill. Okay, so we tell young people that this is not your father's marijuana because okay. some of them see their parents use it and things of that nature.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And so we teach them that this really, really the content of the THC that's in there and they treat marijuana now with just like tobacco. And then most people know and are aware of there's over 3,000 different chemicals that they treat tobacco with,
0: mm-hmm.
2: similar things with marijuana they treat it now to make it go further to stretch it mm. and those things can really affect young people's mind which has been found out that young people's minds really aren't fully developed until they're in the late 20s mid 20s mm-hmm. a few very few though in their early 20s but most some of them are questionable <laughs> <it on>. yeah <laughs> some of them still you think sometimes in their 30s and 40s <laughs> But however, that is one of the things that, that we find, and that's what we stress, and then the health consequences. Mm-hmm, okay, absolutely, and that's the other thing that we address and try to tell young people. And so, so,
1: and so along mm-hmm. along
2: those the lines of, of marijuana, you know, we, we also work um,
1: uh, dealing dealing educating youth on on tobacco use as well, you know, vaping. You know, it's it's something that is is so uh, misconstrued as far as what it what it does and how it affects people that we want to make sure that we at least give give the information and Mm -hmm. give it to them early. Mm so that they have a better understanding of exactly what what it's about.
0: I'm going to assume your techniques aren't so much of the scare tactics of the consequences but more of the educational. It's still going to be a yes. choice. You can still give someone information. It's just what they plan or not plan on doing yeah.
2: with it. Yeah, Now most of our programs are evidence-based. Okay, and We basically here in Arizona utilize the Arizona Youth Survey and a few other surveys from around the state and then we do our own needs assessment for our communities and, so, and mostly that comes out on top is usually those the similar factors you know where they get it from why they use it stress you know school anxiety depression right and so all those things add up and so we go out and develop our programs in turn based upon the evidence and the information that we collect
0: that actually hits every age if you think about it and the other thing that I think about too since we've talked about veterans and we talk about the youth is the suicide part and it, it was part of the panel that we talked about uh, last month. Mental health, suicide, substance abuse, running away, trying to find out who we are, thinking. I think we covered all of it and suicide mm-hmm. it, it hits the smallest of ages, what, five?
2: Yes, it starts very early in some yeah. cases. And the science is so we're one of the few organizations that do all three suicides. Um, teaching, uh, QPR, questions, persuade, refer, safe talk, suicide, apply skills for everyone, tell, ask, look, keep safe, and assist, apply suicide intervention skills training. Each one builds upon the other. And we work with these and do these classes in conjunction with other organizations, such as the Urban Indian Coalition. Mm -hmm. Uh, They have several trained staff that also train the same thing. And these classes have certain requirements that you have to meet with so many instructors Mm -hmm. and things of that nature. So combining and working with other organizations, we're able to fulfill that obligation and to serve our community.
0: So I had the privilege of doing a tour yesterday. You guys were not there because you're the main event here. (laughs) (laughs) you. So um, I picked up these brochures. You guys do a lot. Now, you're located in downtown Phoenix. Correct. But um, I understand that you have other areas that you collaborate. Would you like to expand on that?
1: Well, we we spoke about families. Mm -hmm. And keeping the family unit together, I think, is, is very important. You know, as as uh, one of the other coordinators, I remember telling me, you know, um, getting married and having kids. You know, there was there was no uh, reference book, you know, to go along with that. So to, to get whatever whatever help that we can can do to to help um, just mitigate some of some of the challenges that um, people have, whether it be with their children or with their spouses or, or whatever. Just trying to trying to give them an opportunity to um, um, learn about ways of dealing, you know, dealing with your your inner demons as well as dealing with uh, with with those family members
2: as as well.
0: So how are yeah. you reaching the community? Um, how are people well, finding you?
2: Well, some of the ways that we reach out into the communities are not only through our collaborations and partnerships. With such an organization as Sackler Substance Abuse Coalition Leaders of Arizona, um, we also work closely with an organization called Positive Invent Sports, yeah. which, as you know, is run by David, David Jones. Jones, Reverend David Jones. You give him a shout out. We work also work very closely with Holiness to Peace, mm-hmm. which is a relatively new organization. Um, Business that just that was just formed, we work closely with them.
1: And yeah, these are licensed therapists,
2: right? Yep. And then the was the Black Therapists of Arizona, I always get their name wrong, yeah. but but they recently formed group. We partnered with them. We work with several other coalitions around the state, such as uh, as the aforementioned Urban Indian Coalition, Tempe Coalition, The Wild Coalition, Way Out West, that's down in Buckeye, Rise Up Glendale, Rudd which is up in Glendale, Arizona, of course, and at least 40 or 50 different organizations around the state. And so they allow us to utilize our resources and also utilize the resources that other people, things people bring to the table. And we also have a national presence. We work very closely with uh, the DFC, CACA, and we attend. we were actually afforded the opportunity to speak at their conference last year. In Washington, D.C. Nice. at the harbor. Uh, Lorne Grizard and I did. And then as a result of that, we were able to participate in a national forum that took place a couple of months ago. They included a coalition from Alabama and Detroit, Michigan. So we were able to get our message out there let people know, hey, we have a lot of things going on here in Arizona. Some of it is pretty innovative. Mm-hmm. Uh, some is a lot of people around the country are coming forward. Someone they are asking us. You know, sometimes we get calls. Yeah. Clyde
1: talked about all of the all of the different collaborations. We also do a lot of work of of, of doing outreach as well, reaching out to the schools, reaching out to to other organizations. Uh, along, you know, with with the help of of Positive Image Sports, we have various um, uh, events that go on. We have a monthly bowling uh, uh, event, for, for instance, which actually just brings people together and gives us an opportunity to, to let people know what we do and other organizations give an opportunity to let people know what, what they do. You know, we're, we're about to, to um, break the record of the Guinness Book of World Records on getting the number of people dribbling a basketball at one time. I mean, we're talking about nine thousand people Mm -hmm. that will be out there. Uh, We'll we'll have a chance to 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 tell our message to a lot of folks.
0: I look forward to that because I'm actually I've been asked to be one of the ambassadors. Not sure what that does, but to see the community come together, absolutely the cause, and then the faces that people are going to be having out there to say a Me Too. Yeah, it's another Me Too, right?
2: Absolutely. Yep. And if I may, that takes place October the fourteenth okay yeah. so when they happen
0: right around the corner
2: yeah it's coming up quick mm-hmm. what
0: other programs that I didn't ask about that you want to make sure that our listeners and viewers I do? want to
1: make sure that, that some of the things that we do with seniors I mean we have um, you know Tanner Tanner Properties our sister company has has developed five senior housing units throughout the valley and uh, gives us an opportunity to go in and work with with uh, with with seniors we we have them doing something called share yoga. Um, we have um, uh, a, 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 a transportation program to uh, help them get to the market uh, so that they can can buy groceries. We do a lot of a lot of things with uh, with with the senior communities as well, uh, just just to help them you know have a, a more pleasurable life, you know, to have activities so that they don't get stuck staying in their in their apartments Mm -hmm. you know uh gives them a chance to come down and interact with each other and uh do different different things and providing activities that that we provide for them
0: i think i'll put the label of quality of life on that one quality of life that fits very well i think so
1: okay
0: it's not the me too it is a me too with the seniors but it's the quality of life
1: we have you know there's a a program that we have uh, celebration circle You know there are a lot of people that um they need a way of expressing the positives and uh what we have found is getting a a, just a group of people in a circle where you go around and talk about the most positive thing that you can think
0: about wow that's powerful
1: that and so that so that they can leave there thinking about the positive rather than all the negatives that they brought into the circle
0: kerwin i'm always telling everybody celebrate you celebrate your life but what do we do we celebrate our birthdays <laughs> we celebrate our anniversaries right. we celebrate you know other holidays and then you know there's anniversaries for people getting married some are not married so there's different milestones in people's lives and some people don't have children so it's like wait a minute there's me mm-hmm. there's all about me people are like why are you always doing this because it's about me right now this is my life and i'm gonna do the best i can to live it as best as i'm able to and yeah. to celebrate Every day we get to wake up, maybe we're going to have a struggle yeah. that day. Maybe we woke up with a struggle still from the day before. But then think of the other things that you don't have a struggle with.
1: Sure, absolutely.
0: So, yeah, and I'm that always key. thinking the outside-the-box thing. But Celebrate you. I love that you would have a circle that says, what's good today? Yeah. Not focus on what's not going our way. Because we could all dwell on that one, could we oh, not? Yeah, for yeah. sure.
1: sure. Uh, certainly, uh, our community is one that was probably one of the worst as far as seeking help for mental health and i am hope you know i think it's it's the way we grew up i mean i i can i myself um you know growing up if you're having issues if you're having problems you were told suck it up (laughs) you know yeah uh even the church you know would tell you oh just pray on it you know or whatever but you were we were actually taught to just deal with it ourselves, and probably the worst thing in the world sometimes that you can do. Um, and I, I think that what we're trying to do is let people know it's okay. There's nothing wrong with seeking help. There's nothing wrong with with um, uh, looking help, looking for help when you're feeling a certain way. Uh, it's important. It's important it, your mental health is as important as your physical health and you go to the doctor to get get, uh, medications or whatever to help your physical health, well, go get help as well for your mental health.
0: So I have a final question for each of you. Mm. Okay. I'll start with Glide.
1: Okay. Yeah, start with (laughs) (laughs) Glide.
0: If I only was given the opportunity to ask one question to get an idea of who you are, what you're about, it would be this question. What message would you like to leave everyone based on your journey of your life?
2: Okay, you ready? I'm <laughs> ready. Right. Yes. Give
0: it to me. I always love hearing the answer.
2: I do what I do. What I do when I do. Because when I do what I do, I do what I do. <laughs> <laughs> that was deep. <laughs> <laughs> it, was. <laughs> it
0: was. It just, it
2: just was. It's just basically saying that when I have the opportunity to do things and I know I'm supposed to do, then I do them. And that's what made me do those things because I know I'm supposed to do them.
0: For those people who got stuck in the yeah. riddle of I do and I do and I
2: do,
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> thank you because I do understand. <laughs> okay, you're welcome. <laughs> oh, are you going to give me a riddle too?
1: Oh no. Okay. I, I didn't know if it was the same question. <laughs> it is this, or...
0: it's the, yeah, so what message would you like to leave everyone based on your journey of your life?
1: My my background has always been in financial services. I mean, uh, whether it be banking or investments or insurance or I mean, that that's been my career up until somehow I ended up in nonprofit. Mm-hmm. And I and I think that too, because I was so involved with finance that I finally got a chance to do something For people that didn't necessarily have anything to do with, or as much to do with, with with money, directly, it's so much more fulfilling when you do something for people um, that directly affects them. You know, whether whether it be uh, um, helping helping uh, homeless veterans. Whether it be um, educating kids about uh, uh, anti, um, anti-tobacco, anti anti-drugs or these things, and maybe I'm just getting old, but these things are more fulfilling to me than all of what I've done from a financial standpoint to help people.
0: I have to say with your answer, Kerwin, and knowing you just a little bit, I feel Feel the passion when you speak. (laughs) Well, thank you. I really do. So thank you for your answers, both of you gentlemen. And thank you for sharing more about what TCDC does and how you're making an impact in the community. This inspiring story was brought to you by MMG, your global creative agency based right here in downtown Chandler.